0: Decaf, Crystal Geyser—the only, this—the uh, only thing. I mean, this has no uh, sugar and no cream, the way that I like it. So that works. not work. So, you know, uh, I'm a coffee drinker. I like coffee. I uh, I drink a lot of coffee, and uh, all the time, I believe uh, resting and sleeping are a waste of time. And my wife says, "You think resting is a sin?" And I'm all like, "No, it's not a sin. It's just a waste of time." Um, the Lord called us into ministry in 1999, uh, called us to youth ministry, youth ministry. I love youth ministry. I love teenagers. God has uh, uh, allowed us to work in the youth ministry. God has allowed us to uh, be part of two phenomenal uh, youth groups, and uh, with many of them now serving in the, uh, some in the mission field, some in pastors, some in their local churches, Uh uh, some professionals and all youth pastors know uh, uh, some are in prison, right. so, it, you know, it, it just is what it is. I mean, we, you know, it hurts, it's not, uh, but that's just the fact of it. We still love them. I tell them, hey, just call me, contact them. I write to them, and when they come out, they uh, they seek for us, and we just mentor them again, and we just invest time in their lives again, and we want the best for them. And I love youth. Uh, and then the Lord allowed us to to start a Spanish ministry. And uh, uh, the Lord has allowed us to not only pastor the Spanish ministry, but to pastor the youth. I don't ever foresee myself not pastoring youth. I will foresee myself not pastoring adults. No, and uh, (laughs) so. Uh, adults talk about important things like planning their funerals and you know stuff like that. And teenagers think they're like invincible and they can conquer everything. And I love that mentality because I believe that we can't conquer everything. Um, and they're the ones that go to her house and say, Pashi, like, can I jump off of your roof onto your trampoline?" And I'm like, "Sure." <laughs> Just don't tell your mom or your dad. Uh, no, I don't. I, I say no. You can't do that. Well, the Lord has blessed me with a beautiful wife and a family, and uh, you know, we're one of those couples, you know, when we walk down the street, people say, it's one of those couples, that guy must be really rich to have such a pretty wife, <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not really rich, God has just blessed me with a pretty wife, and so I believe we're one of those couples, an ugly husband and a pretty wife, and you know, there's there's, there's hope for all you ugly guys here, I mean, you know, because... You know, girls don't really look at, at, um, at looks, they just see how kind you are to them. So if you're really kind, I'll tell you what, I can even get, a, I can, get if I can get, a pretty wife, then I believe anybody can. My wife's name is Denise. Because of my wife, we have three beautiful daughters, Elianette, and the, our oldest, we call her Nene. She's studying at West Coast and we will be going uh, uh, there in January. She's doing her first semester online. Uh, The real reason is not because of COVID, it's because she wasn't 18. She just turned 18, and I didn't want to send her over there and then call me, Dad, I just got hurt. You have to come sign a paper at the hospital. I'm like, you go, and if you get hurt, you're 18. You can do all your stuff on your own. (laughs) Second daughter is Evelyn, and she's a sophomore. And then we have twins, Nathaniel and Eileen. So Nathaniel and Eileen are 13. Uh, They were our surprise pregnancy with twins. And uh, it's a blessing that the Lord has given us four uh, wonderful children. I get very nervous when I preach in English. I don't preach in English very often. I preach in Spanish all the time. Uh, so I just want to say that be patient with me if I say something that is maybe a little bit off. Don't get mad at me. Just be gracious, all right? And, um, but the message will get through, I believe. I believe that God... Uh, uh, sets us in places and in situations at the right time for the right purpose and, and I believe that every one of you here is here with a uh, purpose and that God wants to uh, share something with us this morning it was a blessing to be here in the Spanish ministry yesterday and we had the split session and we also had uh, the combined uh, uh, service and I'll tell you what uh, Pastor Rivas and his wife Ruth are doing a phenomenal job and they're working out there and uh, uh, the hope is Jesus Christ, and we have to remember that. I do encourage you that if you do not uh, come every Sunday night, that you make every effort to come tonight. We're going to be talking about kind of the Spanish ministry, unity in the Spanish ministry challenges, and, and, uh, and, and I encourage you to come and maybe uh, get an understanding uh, firsthand of what I can share with you guys uh, uh, from what our Spanish ministry is, and, and I just felt that the Lord Led us that way, Genesis chapter 12. This morning, I want to talk about Abram's faith on the word and the promise of God. And I, um, I rarely, if ever, I don't think I've, I can't remember the last time I preached something that God had not already used to speak to me, and that I had already preached at our church. So, I feel very comfortable sharing these truths and. Uh, I might not be back into another two or three years, so I'm not going to hold back. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going to preach exactly what I preach. I write all of my sermons out, so everything that's going to be said is pretty much here, and uh, nothing is, uh, not, there's nothing special, nothing. Uh, it's basically all just written out word by word, and um, and we'll just let God do what God does best, and that speak to us through His Word. So Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through verse 3, and then we're going to look at verse 9. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through verse 3, and then we're going to look at verse 9. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, and unto a land, that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Verse 9, and Abraham journeyed, going on still, towards the south. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this morning. My only desire, Holy Spirit, is that you would take your inspired word, and you did dwell in the and each believer here this morning, that you would take it and that you would show us truth. I pray that if there is one here this morning that needs to be encouraged, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would take your word and encourage them this morning. I pray that you would search our hearts and that if there is someone here this morning that is living a life that does not honor you, if there is something questionable in their life or a sin in their life, that you would make it be known and shown to them and that they would repent and get things right. And I pray that if there is one here this morning that is not sure of their eternity, if there is one here this morning that has not placed their trust in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray that you would convict them of their sin, their need of a Savior, and that they would come to Jesus today. We thank you for allowing us to be here this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I've seen ministry and as I've seen churches, I believe there's times in a believer's life and in the life of a church when God speaks clearly to us and He invites us to accomplish great and mighty things for His kingdom. And I'm going to tell you that it is in these times that require great sacrifice and great faith. And one of the best examples of this is seen in the life of Abraham as he chooses to accept the invitation of God to do something great with the life of Abraham. We see here that God invites Abraham. Now, when Stephen is giving his defense before the high priest in Acts chapter 7, verse 2 and verse 3, it says, And he said, Men, brethren, and fathers, hearken, the God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Charon, and said unto him, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and come into a land which I will show thee. The Bible is very clear that the God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham. God had left no doubt in Abraham that it was he who was inviting him to a new and wonderful journey that was going to require great faith in the all-powerful and all-creating God. And I'm going to tell you, that there's times in our lives when God gives such clear direction and an invitation that if that is the case, we must be willing to follow, to follow. But see, when God made the invitation, Abram had to choose whether he would follow God and accepting his invitation and leaving all that he knew behind. The invitation went something like this, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house. The first words from God to Abraham was, Abraham, if you are going to follow me and accept my invitation, you must be willing to leave something behind you must be willing to leave something behind. See, God knew that Abraham would not be able to fulfill the great purpose that God had for him in his life unless he was willing to leave his country and his kindred and his father's house. See, you have to understand that Abraham lived in a, in a household and in a nation that was idolatrous in his Family was idolatrous, and that is what Abraham was taught. And the pressure that would, uh, Abraham was going to face to be able to fulfill God's will uh, was not going to work. And God says, Abraham, if you're going to follow my invitation, and if you're going to see me do great things in your life, well, Abraham, you're going to have to be willing to, be, to leave something behind. I'm going to tell you there's always something that must be left behind. To follow God when He's giving an invitation to do something great. Always something must be left behind. For many like Abraham, they must be willing to depart from the idolatrous practice of their family's house. I see this because I'm the Spanish minister of Sunrise Baptist Church. In the Latino community with a strong Catholic background, they must be willing. If we're going to see God do great things in their lives, and if they're going to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, they're going to have to be willing to leave behind their household, their parents' household, their kindred. And there's going to be a family division, mark my words. There will be a lot of struggle. And they're going to say, Well, I feel like I'm betraying my grandma feel like I'm betraying my father, I've seen people get kicked out of their houses because they followed Jesus Christ and left the idolatry behind. Many times for the American culture, is the idolatry of riches. And those things must be left behind. But something needs to be left behind. Jesus Christ made it very clear that we must be willing to leave everything we consider dear to us. In Luke 14, 26, he says, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sister, yea, not his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Jesus Christ didn't sugarcoat it. He said, if you're going to want to see me do something great in your life, and if I'm going to be inviting you and you're going to be one of my disciples, well, uh, I'm going to tell you that there's going to be some people that are not going to like it. There's going to be some people that are going to be against you. There are going to be some people that just don't understand, and you must be willing to leave something behind. And sometimes that something is actually family and friends and, and dreams for many others and riches for some. But something must be willing to be left behind. See, when God is going to do something great, He's going to say, well, let me just see how much faith you really have. Because you're going to have to leave something behind. I've never seen God do something great unless somebody's willing to do something, leave something behind. (laughs) Many times in the life of a believer, God makes an invitation to do great things. Many times the comforts of home, People we love, earthly possessions, sometimes it's careers. We see it in the lives of teenagers, and sometimes we preach and say, look, you want to see God do something great for your life? And they say, Pastor Eli, I believe God is calling me. They have to leave behind friends, sometimes they have to leave behind dreams. And sometimes they have to encounter the greatest persecution from their own parents that believe that serving God is inferior to serving man. If we're going to follow Jesus, there's always something that must be left behind. For Abram. His household, his kindred, his father's household, his country. But Abraham's faith was tested. It says, Abraham, I'm going to invite you. I want to invite you, Abraham. I want to do something great with you. And Abraham, I want to take you unto a land that I will show thee. I'm inviting you, Abraham, to do something great. And I'm inviting you to come. To a land that I will show thee. See, the question would be I'm getting an invitation from God. Am I gonna trust God? Am I gonna trust not in what I could see and what I could understand? But am I really gonna trust God in what I cannot see? Would Abraham trust in God's word and God's promise? Because that's all he had. He didn't have anything else. All he had was an invitation from God, and, and God appeared to Abraham, clearly a preacher, and say, Hey, Abraham, I'm speaking to you as God. You know, the same way that God speaks to today through his word, but then they didn't have the written word. And God said, Hey, I'm speaking to you, Abraham. I'm inviting you to do something great. And I want to take you to a land that I will show thee. Future. Abraham didn't have all the details of the land, nor did he know to what land he was going. God only told them, Hey hey, leave everything you have behind, leave your country, leave your family, leave your father's household, follow me, follow me, and I will take you to a land. That I will show you in the future. Well that's just crazy. In Hebrews 11:8 it says, "By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. That is amazing. Abram, I'm inviting you to do something great, but I'm going to take you to a land where you have no clue where you're going. All I'm saying is I'm inviting you, but hey, the land where we're going is not knowing whether, you, whether he went. Abram, if you're going to see me do great things in your life, you're going to have to trust by faith. Because I'm not going to tell you where I'm taking you. Your life will be a wonderful life, not knowing what tomorrow holds, because what tomorrow holds is what I have for you. Not what you have planned with, but what I have planned for you. Are you willing to follow me? The Christian walks by faith. This means that the Christian, we make decisions by faith on God's word and God's promise, not by sight. There's too many Christians nowadays that live by sight. Well, I can't see it, therefore I don't believe it. Well, I say I have faith, but it doesn't make sense, so therefore I cannot take the step of faith. Wait a minute. You're not walking by sight and not by faith. Faith is no longer part of the equation. Now it's logic. Now it's what I can see. Now it's what I can feel and I can touch. That's why 2 Corinthians 5 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't need to have all the answers to follow our Lord. We just need faith. Obedience based on faith. We make decisions based on faith. But most of the time, we want more answers that are given. And because we don't have the answers that we want to our questions, we don't step out by faith. We don't see God do great things because we're logical. We have forgotten faith. We say we walk by faith. But do we really walk by faith? Do we really walk by faith? See, when we live by faith and not by sight, we're willing to follow our Lord, even though I have no answers to my questions. I believe most people are going to have, if they're walking by faith, they're going to have a couple of circumstances in their lives when it's clearly seen. We have three. The first one was the God called us into ministry. Man, the same way he appeared to Abraham, he didn't appear to me, but he spoke to me through his word in such a clear way. And he said, hey, young man, will you follow me? Like all young men, I was, had my future planned, and my wife and I were on, the, on, our, way, on our way to Oregon House Sciences University, finished the last three years of the, of the long um, commitment that we had made to finish our, our, our earthly career and our earthly profession, and the Lord extended his hand and said, will you follow me? And I struggled for about three months. And then I started telling people, and then people thought I was crazy. (laughs) People still think I'm crazy, and that's okay. I said, hey, they called Jesus crazy, and they called Paul crazy. What's wrong with them calling me crazy? Absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's actually a compliment. You're crazy. Praise God. I have to see myself in the mirror and tell myself every morning, you are normal. I don't care what anybody else says, my friend. You're normal. I don't care what your teenagers say. You're a mature young man. We left a lot of things behind. And the Lord has given us more than we could have accomplished if we would have God is good. I look back and I say, man, I wouldn't change one thing for the world. The second time was God called us the Sunrise Baptist Church. We didn't want to go there. It was an English church, Pastor Henry. I had grown up all my life in Spanish churches. I thought that Americans had taken our songs and translated them into, like, English songs. And then I found out that we took your guys' songs and translated them into Spanish. And I'm like, I'm like, that's her singing that song. And I'm like, wait a minute. I don't even think I had ever sung in English in my life. God moved us to Sunrise Baptist Church, and everybody thought we were crazy. Pastor said, we don't need a youth pastor. I'm like, well, I know you don't. I don't know why God is calling us here. I don't know. All I know is this that God has calling us, made an invitation, and this is where I got no clue. I got no clue. Years later, Spanish ministry, youth ministry, our church continues to grow under the leadership of Pastor Joe, He's helped me grow, expand my vision for missions. It, it you know, but it took a of faith. My wife cried every after every service. <laughs> I don't want to be here. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be here either. <laughs> that makes two of us. And then a few years ago, three years ago, right about this time, that God changed our path again, completely changed. And all I said, while you've done it before, let's Get on another ride because I'm excited. See, now when God changes things, I'm just excited now. See, back then it was like, oh, man, what in the world? Now I'm just like, oh, this is another one of those moments. Yes. I'm going to see God do great things. We left a lot of things, made another change, and, man, God has been good. God has been good. I encourage you to follow God when He invites you to leave what is comfortable, what is safe, and if it is God calling, then follow by faith. Now, if it's, if it's not God calling, then you better have all the logic and all the ice cross, all the ice dotted T's crossed. All right? If it's something of this world, then you better make sure that everything's in line. But if it's a God, I don't care how many I's are not dotted, and I don't, care any, I don't care how many T's are not crossed, because God will do that later. It is up to me to follow by faith and not by sight. There's too many Christians that want every I dotted and every T crossed, and if not, then, oh, well, you know, I don't think that's supposed to happen. Uh, My friend, I'm going to completely disagree with you every single time because I've seen God do miraculous things. You know why many haven't seen God do miraculous things? Because there's no faith. We can talk about faith all we want. You know why Peter walked on water? Because he's the only one that asked to walk on water. Yeah, that's the reason. Lord, let me go to you. Come over, Peter. Yes. He started to look at the storm, and he lost his faith, and he sank. (laughs) It's that simple. Peter walked on water because he asked for it. (laughs) And God said, hey, man, you got that much faith? Come on over. Walk towards me. See the impossible be possible in your life. (sighs) By faith, follow your Lord, and you will see great blessings in your life and in the life of your church. I want you to see that God made Abraham a promise. Now, you guys normally finish, what, around 1 o'clock, brother? Perfect, because this is the last point of the introduction, and then we'll start preaching. All right, so we're almost there. So, anybody need some coffee? I'm just joking. Thank you, brother. Pastor, everybody remember here, they're like, Pastor, we got coffee. I'm like, praise God. Manna from heaven comes in the form of liquid now. No. <laughs> and then Mexican sweet bread. Well, you know how you can go wrong with that, right? had about four of those yesterday, and I'm trying to be good. <laughs> but I didn't put no sugar in my coffee, brother, so that makes up for it. All right, here we go. Now, I, Now, I want you to see this because... When I see Abraham's faith, it's impressive. I want you to see the promise, and we're not going to have time to see all the aspects of this promise, but God, he invites Abraham, tells him, I'm taking you to a land that you got no clue where we're going. And Abraham, if you accept my invitation... To go to a land where you have no clue what we're, where we're going. This is what I'm going to do with you. And this is where it gets good. He says, this is what I'm going to do with you. Verse two, And I will make of thee a great nation. Now, I want you to, let's start with that part. And we'll see how far we go. Abram, I'm inviting you to come to a land where you don't know where you're going. And Abraham, in that land where I'm going to take you, where you have no clue where you're going, I am going to make of thee a great nation. When we believe our Lord and follow Him by faith, our faith and trust is rewarded with blessings. And this is what God is telling Abraham. I am going to do something great with you if you place your faith in me, and the way I'm going to know whether you place your faith in me or not is whether you follow me to a place where you have no clue where you're going, and whether you're willing to leave everything that is comfortable for you behind. You come with nothing, just bring your family, follow me, and we are now going on a journey called I'm Following God. When God says, I will bless you for being obedient to me, there's no reason to doubt His promise. God always keeps His promise. God was taking Abraham out of a pagan nation that had rejected the true God, and God promised Abraham that he would be the foundation of a new nation, a great nation, a nation whose God would be Jehovah. His wife was barren. Because in chapter 11, verse 30, before God invited Abraham, Abraham already knew his wife was barren. For it says, But Sarai was barren, and she had no son. So Abraham knows, My wife is barren, I have no son. God comes and says, Hey, I'm inviting you to follow me. By faith, the I's aren't dotted and the T's aren't crossed. I want you to follow me by faith, and we're going to a land where you got no clue where we're going, but I know where I'm going, and I have to know is that I know where I'm going, and if I know where I'm going, then I know where I'm taking you. Do You have that much faith. And Abraham, as we come, I am going to... Use you to make a great nation. Oh, and by the way, I know that Sarai is barren and you have no son. Yet the promise of God was the same, and I will make of thee a great nation. I want you to ponder on that for a minute, because I'm going to tell you that it is not easy to make a nation. It's not like I have it on my phone. Hmm. This time next year, I want to start my own nation. Although a lot of, I don't know if I should say we, you, or however, would like to. This is not the good time to say that, right? I preached this at another time. When <laughs> so I told you I was going to just say what was here. There it goes. Take it for what it means. <laughs> so, but here's the deal. It's not like I say, this time next year, I'm going to establish my own nation. Do you understand that? Establishing a nation is not easy. <laughs> Something that we have in our thing to do list. If you have, on your, if you have that on your bucket list, please remove it. It ain't going to happen. All right? Unless you're Abraham. <laughs> what great faith Abraham had. <laughs> Ponder on that for a moment. Abram, I'm asking you to follow me by faith to a land you don't know to a land I will not show you until later and Abram, when we get to that land, I'm going to make you a great nation, hey mom and dad, I'm leaving, You you know the God of heaven just spoke to me and he said, leave all of you guys behind you heathen And I'm going to a land where I have no clue where I'm going. And when I get there, mama and papa, brethren, siblings, uncles, aunts, God is going to establish a great nation. Now, if that doesn't make you think you're crazy, I don't know what will. Crazy Abraham. Oh, how great his faith and how weak our faith today is. It's pretty impressive. When I see the faith that we have today, Is so weak. Pastor Eli, don't say that. Well, I'm going to let me just tell you what God says. And really, what I see and what statistics show and have proven. See, many Christians don't even believe that God can bless them with financial blessings. And as a result, they rob God. It's that simple. See, because God has given me a promise as well. And he says, Pastor, I like bring you all the tithes to the storehouse, and there may be men in my meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. I teach my children to tithe, to be generous for missions to have a blessing fund, to live by faith. You know why? Because I believe in the promise of God. I want them to experience as many blessings as I have and more. On a 2019 survey of church giving and facts, this is not all Baptist churches, so don't, I want you to hear these sad statistics. Tithers represent 2 to 25% of any congregation. 10 to 25% of any congregation. You know what that really means? That number really means this that 75 to 90% of any congregation are thieves. I never. I, I don't know anything about this church. I in our church, I sat with some people that want to be leaders, and they're like, "Pastor Eli, no, and this and that." And you know, I love them. I invest them. I say, you know what? I just can't have yes leadership. It is also said that of the families that make seventy-five thousand or more a year, only one percent give the tithe. And according to a 2015 Share Faith article, people with a salary of less than 20000 are eight times more likely to give than someone who makes $75,000. Whoa! That means that the more God gives us, the less we're willing to give. And I scratch my head and say, what? God has placed us in a country that flows with milk and honey. And we have focused on the milk and honey and have forgotten who has put us in this country where we can actually have milk and honey. (sighs) See, when we start putting our faith in the correct perspective, it really starts to hurt and make us uncomfortable. Because we can talk about faith all day long. But I'm going to tell you, for most Christians, they walk by sight and not by faith. Some don't even believe that God will take care of them and provide for the basic needs of life. In Matthew 6, it says, 25-30, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, and what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat, and body than raiment. Behold, the fowls of the air, they sow not, neither they reap, uh, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father, Father, feedeth them. And are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow; and toil neither they do they spin. And say I unto you that Solomon in his glory was arrayed not as one of these. Wherefore I say, uh, I therefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, and do this day, and the morrow it cast into the oven, shall not he shall he not much more clothe you? And then this is the phrase that hurts. O ye of little faith. See, when God wants to do something great with you, and when God wants to do something great with your church, sometimes you can just go up and look at the heavens, for the the heavens declare the glory of God and His power and His mightiness. But you know what? You don't even have to do that. All you have to go is go out to the grass that's going to be cut next week, and just seeing that grow should be enough to strengthen your faith. Oh, ye a little faith! Is what Jesus said. You don't have to look at the heavens. All you have to look, all you have to do, is look at the grass. That's going to be cut because it's going to be burnt tomorrow. That's all you have to look at. Believers today don't have enough faith that God will take the storms of life, that God is in control of what's happening in our lives. They're so worried about everything. They can't even enjoy a cup of coffee. Imagine that. In Matthew 8, God says, Jesus told them, and when they, and when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him, and behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep, and the disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. I'm going to tell you, sometimes they feel that that's happening. We've all gone through times like that as individuals as a church, and sometimes as a nation, and we say, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, why are ye fearful? And the next words are what pierces, and they hurt so much, because we like to think we're so, we have so much faith. And Jesus tells them, why are ye fearful? O ye Of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm." Our faith will not increase unless we see miraculous things in our lives, and in our church, and in individuals of our church. when I see how I respond to some situations of life, (sighs) see, God already took this and whacked me a few times, so I'm all right preaching it. (laughs) And he tells me, Pastor Eli, why are you fearful? And that's not what hurts me. That's not what bothers me. You know what bothers me is when he says, over you a little faith. Let's go and look at the grass. Let's go look at the grass. Have you forgotten that I can do the impossible? Have you forgotten that I have already done the impossible in your life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you forgotten that? Here. Come and look at the grass. Just come with me. Pastor Eli, I can take a man at Abraham and establish a great nation. Pastor Eli, have you forgotten Abraham? Have you forgotten his faith? See, when I evaluate my faith and compare it to Abraham, whew, it starts to put things into perspective in a very uncomfortable way. God has allowed us to continue to grow as a church. Pastor Joe's a great man of God, great vision, great leadership. We've already gone to two services we're praying that God will give us property on a main road. And that's what we're praying for. And if we're not careful, we get to a church meeting, we say, God is leading us to do something great as a church, and we're going to be pursuing, and we're actually actively looking right now, And I believe God is going to provide. I believe God is going to do it in such a miraculous way. There's going to be no doubt it was God. We'll have a church meeting, and I can almost guarantee you there's going to be some that are going to say, Well, but uh, where is the money going to come from? I don't know. And to be honest with you, it really doesn't matter to me. Well, Pastor Eli, that T is not crossed and that I is not doubted. And, and you know, I just don't think that's going to happen. And I just don't think that can happen. And I, and you know what? And, and Pastor Eli, I just don't think we can do that. And I say, you are so right. We can't. So get out of the way and let God do it. Stop thinking you can do it because we can't. And when I come to a point where I understand I cannot do it and we cannot do it, and we start praying to the one that can do it, maybe we'll start seeing miraculous things happen. And when Pastor Joel says crazy things like that, I'm like, I'm on board. I love it. I love it. I don't need any answers. I don't need, I have, you have any questions, Pastor? You're like, absolutely not. Not one of them. The only thing I want to know is, how big is it going to be? Because that's what I want to pray for. Five acres? Let's do it. Because we need two buildings. Because we have two ministries. And we've been spoiled with two buildings. And we don't want to be unspoiled by God. I believe God will give us not only two buildings, but three buildings. And great buildings. And a property. And I say, if Peter can walk on water, then we can walk on Valencia. That's the main road. See, I've seen God do miraculous things in my life. Some that other geniuses in the world would say that's impossible, and actually, one of them told me this. They go, I shared them and everything, and they, and they go, that's impossible. And I'm like, well, no, I even love it even more. <laughs> and I told him my time frame, two years. He goes, that's impossible, Professional, That's impossible. It's never been done. It can't be done. That's impossible. And I'm like. Woo, baby! Now I'm really excited. A year and a half later, I sent them the numbers. Six months before time. (laughs) See, I've seen God do impossible things. Not only do I preach because it's in the Word of God, but I preach because I've lived it. And I'll continue to live it. Because I don't need sight. All I need is a mighty God that will say, I'm leading you, and I'm going to say, let's go. There's a lot of challenges on the way. Look at Abraham's life. That nation wasn't established in one day. There was a lot of challenges, but guess what? A great nation was established. And it all started with faith. See, when I look at Abraham, I really start to see and say how big or not even how big because all we need is faith is a grain of a mustard seed. It's not even big faith. All it is is faith. See, the question really is, is how much faith do I really have? Do I have enough faith to believe that God what truly opens the windows of heaven if I honor Him and move from the category of thief to honoring Him? Do I have enough faith to believe that everything that I need, God will provide? Times where it seems that nothing is being provided for. Do I have enough faith to remain calm in the midst of a storm, knowing that my Lord has everything under control? Do I have enough faith so when God invites me to do something great, I say, all right, I'm willing to leave behind what I have to leave behind, and let's move forward by faith? See, for us as a church, is are we willing to have enough faith that the God of heaven creator of the universe can do whatever he wants and he's not going to be begging men for no finances god is not a beggar god will provide in miraculous ways i've seen it i don't need to beg men for money god will lift up men and women and bless them like never before to provide for his kingdom and if people want to be thieves, go for it. I appreciate it. In my job. I'm like, That's fine. God, give me more because you know I'm going to give you a ton. Take it from them, give it to me, you know I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> Let me tell you, my friend, God will. God will provide without begging. I said that in the Spanish ministry yesterday, God does not need us to do great things. God allows us to be part of something great. And we like to think, oh, God needs me so much. You know what? God doesn't need any of us. He doesn't need any of us you could got a legion of angels to come down and change everything if you wanted to. How great is our faith? All right. And I'm, I'm just going to say this. He says, Abraham, I will bless thee. Not only did he tell him, Abraham, I'm going to make of thee a great nation. But that nation is going to be blessed by me. There's a difference between something great and something great that is blessed. Man can accomplish something great, but God can accomplish something great That is blessed by him. Because then he tells Abraham, and you'll be a blessing to others. That will be a blessing to many others. What is the future of your church? What is the future of your family? What is the future of your children? Will they be used by God to bless others? Because I hope That when the Lord moves us, it will be with this purpose, that we can be a bigger blessing to others.